It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Vikings preseason power rankings are up and they might surprise you. What are the Twins' wild card chances and the NFC North's latest drama? It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. That's what you got to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post-game breakdowns and red-hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stick. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with superior sports talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke, another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota, your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, and on CARE 11. Hump Day, Reg, we're breaking down the Vikes' latest power rankings coming up, and they're, shall I say, interesting. Yeah, I think hmm. some folks might be upset by those hmm. power rankings. Yes, sir. Remember, follow along Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button there and on Twitter. Give us a follow at Lockdown MIN. Remember, we're a podcast to free and available all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got a plethora of choices over there. Ron Johnson show, the football party and more. Your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review and take us everywhere on the go. To football we go. 14 days, week one NFL season kicks off. ESPN's latest power rankings, they're up, they're live. And Reg, we've talked plenty all offseason, months and months. Vikes potential, their returning talent, solid quarterback play, good draft class. So where do you think the ESPN NFL experts, when polled, have the Vikings ranked out of 32 teams heading into the NFL season? I cheated, Luke. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I you. never I'm know a, with you. On Wednesday. I yeah, cheated. I, never I know, know where they you. are. Yeah. Go well, ahead. Tell the people. The yeah. I See, I would have guessed. I mean, we talk about this a lot. And never try to be a homer. Take off the purple glasses. Put down the purple Kool-Aid. I would have guessed middle teens. Think I could have made a case for as high as 14 or 15. Maybe as low as 17 or 18 at worst, I guess. 23. Mm-hmm. 23rd. The 23rd ranked team in the NFL. Putting them in the bottom 10 in the league. Just two spots ahead of the Bears, which you know me and the Bears. Just hilarious in my opinion. <laughs> and the Lions are right behind them, which we'll get into that later. But 23, Reg. I mean, just no respect. Apparently the ESPN experts do not think highly of the Vikes. Here are a few teams ahead of the Vikes in the rankings. Washington Commanders, Arizona Cardinals, New Orleans Saints, New England Patriots were ahead of them. And one spot ahead of them at 22, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Starting a rookie quarterback over there. So I could see a few of those. Cards, high and potential maybe the saints if Jameis has a good year but i guess 23rd feels awfully low here are our expectations of this team a little too rosy right now or what am i missing from the national lens i just think the national people aren't necessarily paying attention enough mm-hmm. you know they had a post-draft ranking of 23 mm-hmm. and now as we stand a few weeks away from the season they just kept them there at 23. It just feels like they didn't do any homework. They didn't come to training camp. They didn't watch. You know, they don't they don't think about the the upside of the team with all the talent that they have and the new regime coming in and all that good stuff. I guess they just don't believe. And so looking at this article too, they have who's on the hot seat? Garrett Bradbury. 
And it's just like, it almost just kind of feels like old news to me, you know, like we've been talking about this for a long time. And I guess because the season is about to start and we're about to actually have to see Bradbury in action, maybe that's why they felt like that was a, a thing to do. But, you know, they talked about how, you know, he was an immediate starter at center, briefly benched last season, did not pick up the fifth-year option on his contract. And so they're talking about giving him one final chance to to show and prove his mettle with the Vikings. And he's had his struggles so far this uh, preseason during training camp. It's been noted. And, and people are, you know, kind of, they're they're scared. I would say yeah. they're scared. If, if that's going to be the the center option for them coming forward this season, people are like, I don't know. I don't know. But it just feels weird to base a, a ranking like who's on the hot seat, you know, on instability at the center position. I don't right. really know if that plays. I don't know. Yeah, first off, the national pundits, they must have missed that joint practice when Kirk Cousins was dropping some F-bombs, okay? He's taking his game to the next level this year. But you're right, about Bradbury, that's going to be an ongoing debate all season, I would imagine. I could argue, even without average center play, the Vikings feel like they're set at the other four positions at offensive line. When's the last time they could say that? Derisaw, Ezra, Ingram, and O'Neal. And the majority of times, Bradbury should have one of those two guards helping him out, which... Honestly, it doesn't sound like much, but it can make the world a difference when you've got a capable right guard next to him now for the first time in his career, or Ezra mm -hmm. Cleveland as well to the left of him. That could make a big difference because let's face it, if the interior backing and protection isn't holding up for Kirk, then all this talk of this offensive explosion is dead before it starts. But just as a whole, just real quick, quick snapshot, 15 seconds. What do you think about the offensive line as a whole, not just pinpointing on Bradbury, but just this five-man unit? Because for me, following this team for the last 15 years, it seems like the first offensive line unit that I can really get behind. Yeah, I think so. You know, when you look at the, the position group by group, you know, I think they're strong. You know, you talk about the, the center position, but if that's the only, like, maybe weak link that you have along the whole line, I think you're pretty you're pretty excited. You know, we've talked about Derisaw, him being the next coming of 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 Moses on the line. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you got Ezra Cleveland who is steady at left. And, you know, Ed Ingram working his way up to RG one. And Brian O'Neill, you don't even think about him over there. He's just like, you know, you're like that old like infomercial with Emerald Lagasse. Said it and forget it. Like, you just don't even worry about him. It's just like, all right, he's going to erase whoever is on that right side. It's going to be fine. And so when you look at it by, you know, position by position, you're like, dang, like, if center is all we're worried about, I know that's a big thing to worry about, but it's like if center is all we're worried about, we should be in pretty good shape. Quick snapshot of the rest of the division here. Start with the Bears. I think they have one of the worst rosters in the entire league. Fine. Play this Good clip Lord. back to me. Vault me. I don't care. I just think it's that bad. They've done absolutely nothing to help develop that prize quarterback they mortgage the future for. Their defense is always going to be solid. It, it always is. Every year, Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, two really good draft picks in the secondary. But, Reg, it's an offensive league. you got to be able to score some points now and again. Buy or sell on the Bears and the fact that they're tied so closely to the Vikes at this poll. Just two spots differentiate these two teams. Yeah, kind of weird to me. I would sell. They would definitely be lower on this uh, rankings list. I think 
they they went into this, you know, they they traded for Nikhil Harry, and it's just like, eh, that's not really like, you know, world breaking. And your number one wide receiver, yeah. yeah, number one wide receiver is Darnell Mooney, who is you know a talented player, but when you have a quarterback like that, I understand like the Bears have have gone into full rebuild mode, like that it's fine, but like you don't want to hurt a quarterback's confidence or stunt his development or growth. And I don't know, like, I feel like guys are not going to be open, so he's going to be looking to, you know, tuck and run a lot. And when you have a quarterback doing that, as opposed to standing in the pocket and, you know, going through his progressions and making throws on time and all that stuff, like, you don't want to get into get that quarterback into the habit of, of tucking and running. And I feel like he's going to be doing a lot of that this season because, like, I just don't trust the the receivers that he has. He's going to have a, a steady running game. You know, Montgomery is a pretty solid running back. But everything else beyond that, like, I just don't trust it. And if you have this young quarterback, this young stud, who I truly believe Justin Fields is going to be a star in the league, but you don't want to stunt his growth or his development by a, a, a slow rebuild year where you're trying to figure things out and, and put – pieces together see who's going to stay who's going to go long term like I don't know that that's a good recipe for success for a young quarterback yeah and the biggest problem I have with that whole thing Fields is good he could be good uh David Montgomery you mentioned him Darnell Mooney solid Cole Komet could be solid the offensive line though is so bad so it's like people say well he should have a good running game will they I mean that offensive line has so many question marks on them unless you're a Najee Harris Pittsburgh had one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year as well and unless you're like a Najee Harris or a Derrick Henry maybe it doesn't matter but I just have a hard time thinking that they're going to have much offensive production because the protection up front, this game's still won and lost in the trenches. Too many question marks for me anyways. And again, worst roster in the NFL outside of maybe, I don't know, Falcons, Houston. I still think they win four or five games because I don't know if you looked at their schedule. It's pretty soft. Check the schedule out. They're going to start 0-2, San Fran and Green Bay, but then they play Houston and the Giants. Could steal one there. Minnesota. Always has a tough time at Soldier Field. Brett Favre, magical season. Brett Favre comes in. They go 12-4. They still couldn't beat Chicago in Soldier Field. Mm. So that, you know, they're going to win one or two games inside the division with Detroit twice as well. And then they get a stretch of Miami, Detroit, Atlanta, and the Jets. And I just think they'll probably win one or two of those games as well. So as much as I don't like this team this year, unfortunately, if you're a Bears fan listening, I'm a little hesitant to smash the under on whatever it may be, four and a half games or something like that. Because in the NFL, again, any given week, you just never know. How about the Lions? I really got a lot of faith in Dan Campbell. I really love what he's doing over there. They're building something over there special. Yeah, buying in, man. I'm buying in. It's this the same old lines, though. I mean, haven't we been saying this for like two decades since Barry Sanders left and Charlie Batch was hooking up with Herman Edwards and Johnny Morton? They'll win more than three games this year. I have no doubt about that. But buy or sell the lines taking a big leap forward and pushing that 500 mark, maybe somewhere around eight and eight. Yeah, I'd buy that. You know, but it's funny as I'm watching Hard Knocks and and just thinking about everything that they're doing, I'm like, they still got Jared Goff as quarterback. And he's Mm -hmm. competent, but he's kind of like a diet Kirk Cousins, if you will. Like, (laughs) you know, he's he's if if Kirk Cousins is Coca-Cola, Jared Goff is Shasta. Shasta. And I mean, look, I, I love me some Shasta, you know, Shasta was delicious back in the day, but. 
you know, it's like he's still he's still soda. You know, he's still a quarterback, but you know, he's he's the quality is just not as much as you know you would desire. Um, you know, point being that Detroit traded Matthew Stafford away, and and the Lions were 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 excited to get a guy like Jared Goff back for a guy like Matthew Stafford, who was kind of like a franchise cornerstone for a decade. And so I think it's, it's interesting, man. Like the talent is better all the way around. You know, you look at the wide receivers, you know, they're highlighting so many receivers on hard knocks. Amon Ross St. Brown and, and, you know, uh, shark and these guys, Jamison Williams got placed on the reserve pup list mm-hmm. yesterday. He's going to come back soon. So, like, golf is going to have a lot of weapons to spread the ball around to. So that part is exciting. The defense should be better. You know, uh, Glenn loves uh, Rodrigo, Malcolm Rodriguez. Yeah. I've been watching the hard knocks. It's been fun to watch. Um, And Dan Campbell has talked about how people feel like (laughs) – Dan Campbell, I guess the rap on him is that he's just not intellectually advanced as a coach. as Not like the the X's and O's genius, like a Belichick or McVay kind of guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and he's like, well, look, that that plays to my advantage. The dumber you think I am, the better off we'll be because I'll, you know, come up and surprise you. And you know what? I don't really know what to think. I, You know, watching Hard Knocks, I know he's a, a passionate guy, a big energy guy, but, like, I don't know how much, you know, he's the, the puppeteer pulling the strings, you know, as opposed to just him being a, a, a guy that's a steady presence, a, a motivating factor for them, like, I don't know how strong X's and O's wise he is. Like he was a tight ends coach before that. I I don't freaking know. Like he did come up under Sean Payton, so I'm sure he understands different concepts and things like that. He had a pretty lengthy career in the NFL, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, that yeah, being Sean, said, they did beat the Vikings last year. That's true. Sean, Sean Payton, one of the best in the biz when it comes to that. So I got to think, you know, he soaked up a little bit of that Sean Payton knowledge somewhere in there as well. Mm-hmm. I love their draft, though, too. Hutchinson, stud. They found a steal in Blake Rodrigo. You just mentioned him, stud. And they needed a hit on a linebacker, too, because it's been a long time. Jamison Williams, glad you brought him up. Won't be ready for, it sounds like, probably four to six weeks. I mean, that's just always yeah. been the general timetable. Uh, if Which not makes even longer. Sense. He had a he yeah, had an ACL injury late in the in the game. So exactly. And Josh Pascoe, who I really like coming out of Kentucky, I was hoping the Vikes would target him. In fact, Ron Johnson, our boy, mentioned the Vikings were looking long and hard at him. Detroit steals mm-hmm. him. We'll see him in the division the next five, six years, twice a year. But he starts on the pup as well. So they could start mm-hmm. out slow, is my point, out the gate, but don't count them out at any point. I mean, they like to play spoiler like they did last year. Last one, Green Bay Packers. Won 13 games four consecutive years. First off, that's just absolutely insane, considering not one of those years did they make the Super Bowl. But, Reg, every season, folks peg them down, assuming they'll regress back to the mean a bit and they'll get burnt. But Rodgers, can he pull out another MVP season out of his hat? Can he carry this no-receiving group to the promised land once again? Buy or sell the Packers actually regressing finally this year in 2022? I'm going to sell because Aaron Rodgers is still there. He's still there. You know what? And all this stuff about the receivers and all that stuff, like, okay, I I guess there was some truth to it, but he probably is playing a little bit of game of chicken as well. Like, he'll Mm -hmm. come out in week one against the the Vikings just throwing it all over the field. You know, like, all that's been said about, oh, this is going to be a run-first 
defensive-led team this year. They made all these improvements to defense, and, you know, they're going to ride out with Dylan and, and, and you know, Aaron Jones, and they're gonna they're gonna rely on those things, and it's just like uh, Aaron Rodgers just signed for like fifty million of them things, you know. So like, the team is still gonna come and go as he as he leads them, and so like he's gonna bring as he always does, you know. Like we didn't know who freaking Alan Lazard was, you know, several years ago. He brought him along, made him a guy, you know. Like he always has a guy that he brings along that ends up becoming one of his top receivers, and so. That's not going to change this year. He's still got Randall Cobb there. Like, he's got some guys there that that he's going to bring along and that he's going to find some trust in. And so I am not – I am not buying into the hype about them regressing. Like, they're going to be right there when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm with you. Burned too many times saying they won't win as many games this year. Rodgers is old, et cetera, et cetera. Great defense. They've hit so many random day two and day three offensive linemen in the draft, which it's just such a huge advantage when you're building your roster and you can use those mm -hmm. early picks and extra money on different positions. They're going to lean on Dylan and Jones enough to open up some play action and make just enough Absolutely. passing plays to win these close games again, which Rodgers is just so good at. Can't bet against them. Do they win 13 games? Probably not, but they'll win the division. They'll be a top three seed in the NFC again. Sorry, Vikings fans. Just the cold, hard truth Dang, we're facing here. Straight like that, huh? We want to know from you. What do you think of ESPN's latest preseason rankings and your prediction on the NFC North? Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. Remember, Lockdown Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local experts and now offers you a new podcast all about the Vikes. The Minnesota Football Party brings together a panel of podcasters and writers with big opinions on the purple. Myself, Arif Hassan of The Athletic, Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings, and of course, Sam Ekstrom of the Ron Johnson Show. An hour of Vikings talk every Monday and Thursday. Find the show wherever you get your podcast by subscribing to Locked on Sports Minnesota or watch the show on YouTube. Coming up, we're talking if the Twins have a better shot at winning the division or sneaking in as a wild card. But first, have you put down your Vikings future bets yet? 25 to 1 to win the chip, 2 to 1 to win the NFC North. Over or under at eight and a half games won this season. Maybe you like Lewis Seen as defensive rookie of the year. You can check all these odds out and more with Bet Online. BetOnline.net, fastest, easiest way to check in on all the latest lines and future bets and more. Find all your favorite sports NFL, MLB, NBA, soccer, MMA, you name it, they got it with Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs, stats, news, and info. Bet Online makes betting easy. Go to betonline.net today to learn more. That's betonline.net where the game starts. All right, to baseball we go. Quick recap last night. Twins lose 4-2 to the Astros. Verlander, machine as usual, six no-hit innings. Twins score less than three runs for the fifth game in a row. And Reg, the big takeaway for me, you really saw just how different this outfield looks when Byron Buxton isn't the man in the middle. Jake Cave filling in. He played right field. He went 0 for 4 at the plate. Just your quick thoughts on last night's game. That was tough, man. You had... Freaking Verlander, who's like 76 years old. You know, <laughs> At I, least I talked about you know, collecting social you know, security Christian. checks. Yeah, like AARP, sign them up. Like, mm -hmm. I talked about how uh, Christian Derrissaw is supposed to be like the next coming of Moses. Like, Justin Verlander actually is Moses. Like, he is like a thousand years old, like, still out there throwing cheese. Missed the last two years, 15 and three, I guess now 16 and three after that performance last night, taking a no hitter. Uh, into the seventh inning before Correa broke it up. And it's just like, dang, man, like 
it's just kind of demoralizing going out there against a guy like that. Like you already kind of psych yourself out when you play a guy like that. You're just like, dang, man, what are we going to do against this guy tonight? And he went out there and did exactly what he's been doing all season, which is just, you know, as Shaq will say, dominate. He's out there dominating, Kenny. Been a while. And so like, okay. yeah, I know, I know, I know. I brought it back. But like, it was tough, man. And it was, look, if you're if you're drawing silver linings, it's like, okay, the twins woke up in the ninth, mm-hmm. scored a couple runs, didn't get shut out. Like, okay, maybe they can carry over some of that momentum into tonight. And that's your only hope, man, because they, you know, I tweeted last night. They're cooked. It's cert- I've been, like, so hesitant to say that. But, like, man, it really kind of feels like that. Like, their lead – the lead in the division is not insurmountable. Like, it, they can get up there, but it just – each and every night it's like, okay, they got a chance. Yeah, look at that. They got a chance. Only three games – like, three games back is not that far. You know what I mean? It feels like, like 30, many runs, doesn't it? But it yeah. does. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Feels, it feels almost insurmountable. And it's just kind of tough. You still got like 40 or so games left on the on the schedule. But it's just like, dang, man, I don't know if I hold my breath like that they'll do what they're supposed to do because these games have just been so inconsistent. You know, getting getting three out of four in the loss column against Texas. And Texas has been flailing lately. And then starting off this series against Houston with a loss. And Houston is one of the best teams in baseball. So it's like, if you're going to like, come out and jump on them like you got to jump on them and it didn't happen so it doesn't necessarily inspire the most confidence for the rest of the games of this series texas you mentioned the rangers by the way they'd fired their manager and like started a completely new shift and rebuild mindset and they lose that series they can't even split a four-game series they lose that series here's the deal though you're right i mean if you were to just gauge the room temperature fan base, locker room, experts, whatever it may be, it does feel like they're 30 games out of the lead. But in fact, you're right, three games out of the lead uh, behind Cleveland. And when it comes to the wild card, they sit four and a half games back for one of three spots with Seattle and Baltimore ahead of them currently. So I know simple math says, well, okay, then it's easier to win the division, obviously. But when you look at the trajectory of the teams they need to leapfrog, do you buy or sell the fact that it may end up turning out that they can make a run over the Orioles in Seattle, given just how hot Cleveland has gotten and seem like they're not cooling down anytime soon 12 and 6 since the deadline i think them going after the division is the the biggest thing like that if if they aren't able to do that then like why even have them alive for the wild card the Mm -hmm. tough part is is baltimore is playing some of the best baseball of any team this season you know i guess outside of like the dodgers and Mm mm-hmm the Astros, you know, I get, you know, whatever. But like, but they're compared playing to expectations, some really good though, they yeah. are. They're blowing away expectations. They traded us yeah. Lopez in the middle of a run. Like, what are you doing? Exactly, exactly. And you look at them, and then you look at some of the the other teams in the AL East, and you would think that they are gonna, you know, be challenging for that uh, wild card spot as well. And and now, you know, you kind of just. I don't know, man. You, you, you're kind of just leaving it up to chance that some of these other teams stub their toe while they try to get their stuff together. And I, I just – I don't know that you can do that. Like, I think you still chase after the division crown, do what you can in, in the division, and beat up on these teams if you can so that you can let, you know, Cleveland and Chicago kind of play that, that wild card game because you don't want to get into that fight because – 
you haven't played consistent enough to to think like, oh yeah, like it's okay if we don't get the division, we'll get a wild card spot. No, because those other teams are surging. ESPN, by the way, came out with the top ten storylines this last stretch here, getting down to crunch time. They talked about mm-hmm. Cleveland, twelve and six, red hot after the deadline. Their relievers have been great. They're nine and two in extra inning games, which is outstanding. And how second mm-hmm. baseman Andre Jimenez is quietly having one of the best seasons of any young second baseman, literally ever, like ever, ever, getting thrown out with names like Rod Carew, Joe Morgan, Willie Randolph, Paul Molitor. So they clearly have something special cooking all of a sudden, where the Twins just feel like. Just absolutely flatlined, like like without a pulse, just nothing to hang your hat on right now if you're a fan. So if it is a wild card spot, though, there's basically seven teams fighting for four spots. And remember, no tiebreaker games anymore. So all ties will be determined by on-field results, head-to-head, intra-division record, things like that. So going to be interesting to see because, again, doesn't just seem like Cleveland is going to slow down here anytime soon. Game two in Houston tonight, Dylan Bundy on the mound, first pitch, 7-10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Twins just got to get some sort of momentum building here starts with one game right here tonight coming up we're getting into our give me one segment reggie's going to give me one spicy bold prediction the nfc north for 2022 remember though when you're subscribed to lockdown sports minnesota you're getting endless vikings talk with local experts sam and ron talk football every day in the ron johnson show reggie wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective on superior sports talk and minnesota football party brings together the top vikings podcasters in the city subscribe to the free lockdown sports minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast drop us a five-star review or find our videos on Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Also, have you tried out Built Bar? Built Bar made with collagen protein, so it's easily digestible and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN15. All right, time has come. One of my new favorite segments called Gimme One. I'm going to throw out a Viking topic to Reggie. He's going to give me his first response that comes to mind. Quick explanation. Let's jump right into it. Reggie, give me one bold or spicy take from the NFC North this season. Give me one kind of prediction. Could be a team, a specific player, the Vikes, you name it. I want to hear one bold take from the NFC North. I feel like I've been making bold statements on the NFC North like all summer. It should um, be easy then. I, I think I I think I, one bold statement was, I think, uh, the law offices of Zadarius and Daniil mm. were going <laughs> to both have double-digit sacks. Like, I think that was one that I said. Um and I think here's another that I think I've said before, but I'll double down on it. The Vikings are going to win the division. How about that? Every, after everything Woo! I said about the Packers, Woo! after everything I said about the how Packers about and how Aaron Rodgers is going to give them, give them a chance to, you know, still be that elite team that we're used to seeing from them. I'm going to, I'm going to sneakily say that the Vikings are going to win the division. How about that? Stu got style. How, how about that? How about that? I love when you go Stugatz on me. I love that. I absolutely love that prediction. I'm going to say the Packers end up having a top five defense and a top five rushing attack with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You watch week one against the Vikes. They're going to try to run this ball down the Vikings' throat. Proof. If you're the Vikings' run defense, which was pretty putrid last year, prove it to me first that you can stop this run. Until then, I'm not going to have Aaron Rodgers drop back 50 times. Let's see if you can stop this two-headed monster of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think you'll see a lot of that early and often from the Packers this first half of the season as well. That's my little bold, spicy prediction there as well. All right, next one up. 
Give me one. Give me one positional group on the Vikings that's the most difficult to finalize with cut days coming up. Remember, cut days yesterday, they went from 85 to 80. But next Tuesday's mm -hmm. the big day in the NFL. The wild, wild west, they call it. They got to go from 80 to 53 next that's Tuesday tough. at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. What's the toughest positional grouping you have a hard time with when analyzing these cut down days for the Vikings? You know what? This is cheating. Um, so just bear with me here. Um but I'm going to say quarterback like they love like, you know, Sean, Man so much praise has been heaped on Sean Mannion's mind and his ability to understand concepts and the offense and all that stuff. But his execution hasn't necessarily been there. And I don't think that you can trust him going into a, a game. I mean, we've seen it already, but going into a game and having him try to win you a game when it's on the line and your season is on the line and you can't rely on Kirk Cousins because he's out with COVID or any random injury or whatever, you put him out there and like getting his mind to translate to the physical on the field is just not there, right? And so I don't know that you can rely on him, but then you look at Kellen Mond and maybe he's just still a little too green for the NFL game because we've seen him make some bonehead mistakes you know, his play in the last preseason game against the 49ers didn't inspire confidence at all that he could get it done if they needed him to when Kirk Cousins was not available. And so they go and sign Nick Mullins, and they're like, okay, all right, so we get Mullins. Do we keep Cousins and Mullins, let Mannion go, who we do hold in such high regard, and maybe try to put Mond on the practice squad? Do we maybe keep Mond and let Mannion go and we go into the, the year with three quarterbacks? Or do we just keep Mullins behind Cousins, let Mannion go and try to get Mond on the practice squad just to continue his development? And it's just like, I really don't know what they're going to do in this situation. So many people think that it's easy that they got it figured out, especially after getting Mullins. It's like, oh, okay, you just keep Mullins, let Manning go, and just keep it moving like that. And it's funny because, like, Mullins has the potential to be a guy, you know, especially in this offense that he already kind of knows so well. They they talked about it yesterday. You know, he knows the concepts. Maybe just the verbiage is different because the, the offense is similar to, you know, what – he ran in San Francisco, in Cleveland under Stefanski, who came from Minnesota. Like the offense is, is similar in that regard, but maybe the verbiage is different because the last several years, you know, O'Connell's offense that he kind of got from Shanahan, kind of got from, you know, Belichick, McDaniels and the Patriots and all those guys. And now, you know, the last couple of years he's been under McVay and so he shifted the verbiage to McVay's verbiage. So it's kind of like a hybrid of all those offenses into one. But now, you know, Mullins is coming in and he's like, you know, maybe they're they're calling it, you know, where one route concept is spider two wide banana. And now you're 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 calling it, you know, snake three W apple. You know, I I don't know. I don't know how these these things go. But you know, <laughs> no, that was they, it, man. Not, that was it. Yeah, you nailed it. That's it for now sure. Now the verbiage is different and and you're like, okay, but Mullins has the potential to be a guy who can stay here in Minnesota as the backup for cousins or whoever, you know, is the the QB one of the future for a long time. As long as O'Connell is here, maybe he has that trust in Mullins to be that backup guy. But time will tell. 
I'm very interested to see when they do trim the roster down to 53 um, next week, who stays and who goes with the quarterback. No, that's absolutely the A topic, still mine for sure. And I got to think Kevin O'Connell, such an offensive mind quarterback, played quarterback in the NFL. He's going to have too hard of a time just cutting Kellen Mond. It's too early. I think he's shown enough potential and what he did at Texas A&M to at least give him one more year, one more season under his belt. Do they keep two quarterbacks, Reg? I mean, that's a huge advantage being able to keep somebody else on your roster too. So all these questions exactly. and more will be answered six and a half days from now again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikings, plenty more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku device. So be sure to look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. We're a podcast to free and available all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and take us everywhere on the go. That's the legend, Reggie Wilson, right there. Follow him <laughs> on Twitter, at ReggieWilsonTV. And on Care 11, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing off. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.